The Fake Show is brought to you by Threads of Envy, the law firm of Hutchison and Stefan, the Craft House Brewery, the Tone Factory Recording Studio, Moonshot.com T-shirt designs, and by Mr. Antenna. Now your host, Jim Tofty. For those of you who don't know Brian Volk Weiss's work, he is the Emmy-nominated creator and director behind such series as Amazon Prime's A Toy Store Near You, Disney Plus's Behind the Attraction, and Netflix's The Toys That Made Us and The Movies That Made Us. His latest series, Icons Unearthed, started with docu-series on The Simpsons and Star Wars, and now the 20-year-long Fast and Furious franchise. Here to talk about it, I've got Brian Volk-Weiss right now in Los Angeles. Hey, Jim. How you doing? I'm great, Brian. Thanks for returning to the show. Always enjoy talking to you. And uh, uh, Thanks for having me. I'm curious. You do so many shows now. Do you know how many shows you are doing? <laughs> And okay. uh, yeah, it's a lot. It's it's still very surreal. I'll tell you something crazy. As recently as five years ago, the most shows we were ever doing simultaneously was two. So <laughs> yeah. when I when I get into my office in the morning and I see our our production board, uh, it's uh, I mean it's 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 cliched as this sounds. It, it, it's I, I I think I'm dreaming. Yeah, uh, and how do you determine what you're going to do next? Does your team, do you all get together and pitch ideas? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no, it's that, not that, that sophisticated. <laughs> that that would make sense. Uh, but no, I, I mean, to be completely honest with you, and this is going to sound so cheesy and ridiculous, but I swear to you, it's the truth. It We just do stuff that we like. Like, yes. we like, you know, we would like with Fast and Furious, it was like, you know, why is this gigantic franchise that, you know, on the surface seems like a stupid car movie uh-huh. that, you know, the lead guy is always talking about family. Why are these movies making a billion dollars each? Uh, you know, even during COVID, it broke a quarter billion. So, like, again, am I as passionate about Fast and Furious as I am about Star Wars? No. No, I am not. But... yeah. Were we the first people to make a documentary about Star Wars? No, we were not. Were we the first people to make a documentary about Fast and Furious? Yes, I think we were. And what has happened to me many times when I've been excited about something I didn't understand at the beginning, which people are always surprised to hear this, that actually includes He-Man as well, when we did Toys That Made Us, um, I am now obsessed with Fast and Furious. Interesting, because, um, well, and you're known for doing these Ken Burns deep dive type treatments for these things. And I don't know if you're like me, but I didn't see it going past the first movie, which I thought was great, but it just seemed like a great summer movie or something. By the way, every single person involved with making that movie, and I don't just mean the directors and the producers and the actors, but the executives at Universal who greenlit the movie would agree with what you just said. Uh-huh. Nobody. The reason the movie was greenlit, not entirely, but mostly, was, you know, Universal has this gigantic distribution system that covers the whole planet, and they need to put out a certain amount of movies to justify that cost. So they basically realized 
they were like, oh, 11 months from now, we don't have a movie. Uh, do we have any scripts that would be uh, greenlightable fast enough to have a movie in 11 months? So it started. That's incredible. And one of the things I know you talk about uh, with is that this franchise brings in directors kind of outside of the action genre. I mean, guys like John Singleton and Justin Lin have been yep. involved. Yeah. It, and, you know, it's really funny not to take anything away from Marvel, but... You know, Marvel gets a lot of credit for doing that. You know, they took the uh, the director yeah. of Bring It On and gave him Ant Man. You know, like you 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 know, James Gunn had made a bunch of small independent movies, and then he got Guardians of the Galaxy. But it's weird. Marvel gets a lot of credit for that, which they deserve. But Fast and Furious does the same thing too. Literally, three of the biggest directors working now in all of Hollywood come from Fast and Furious, and those three people were basically doing low-budgeted $2 million movies before they got Fast and Furious. Brian, if I'm not mistaken, John Singleton, was he the first black director taking the helm of a blockbuster like this? Of a studio film, yes, he was. And the other thing about Fast and Furious, and when I was interviewing Tyrese, I didn't really understand this until Tyrese said it, but the Fast and Furious franchise makes really, really hard things look easy. And I think, and this is what Tyrese said, so this isn't even my own opinion, but I do agree with him. I I think that Fast and Furious, and this is really what we tried to do with this season, I I think they don't get enough credit for this kind of thing. So they gave an African-American director the first studio movie ever. Like, nobody knows that. Uh, You know, one of the other things Tyrese said was, Tyrese was like, yeah, when the press was going on for Fast 2, which was his first film, he was like, I was walking through the mall, and I had, you know, I had seen the posters, I knew the press had started, I knew the movie was coming out in a couple weeks, But one day I was walking through the mall that I always, you know, grew up in, and I I never really thought much about it. And I saw the poster, which I had seen a hundred times. And he said, he was like, I just stopped for a second. And I was looking at the poster and it suddenly hit me like there's one white guy, there's three black guys, an Asian and, uh, you know, two Latinos. Uh And he's like, when did that happen? And like, <laughs> that's what I feel the franchise gets no credit for. And you know, the other thing Tyrese said was he was like, when the first movies were being made, they actually, in Europe, used to take black people off the posters because it, they thought it would hurt performance of the box office. Really? He said, yeah. And he said that never happened with Fast and Furious. And he said, he's like, and he was very honest. He was like, listen, I know we're not going to win any awards for acting or directing. I know we're never going to win an Oscar, but this franchise really should get credit for changing the game of what people on a movie poster look like, the way movies are greenlit, the way movies are cast. And I, I went into this not understanding any of that, and I'm coming out of this being like, yeah, this franchise really does deserve a lot more credit. You also, because there have been, I think, nine films and they're working on ten, has there been a shift, because this thing has been around for like two decades now, has there been a yeah. shift in this franchise in genres within the franchise? Oh, absolutely. Um, it's fast Five, I even remember watching the movie in the theater, 
being like, uh, what's going on here? This is a heist film. So that's, again, part of the magic of this franchise, which I don't think gets a lot of credit. It's a chameleon. It started off as it was all about cars. It was all about nitro and all that kind of stuff and a little bit about family. And then by Fast Five, all of a sudden, it's a heist movie. By Fast Seven, now it's kind of like Mission Impossible. So it's this really bizarre franchise that just keeps evolving like every two movies. If you look at the most recent James Bond movie and then you look at Dr. No from 50 years ago, it's a pretty similar movie. Yeah. If you look at Fast 9 versus Fast 1, yes, the people on screen look the same, but well, they're a little older, but you know what I mean? Like... But it's a completely different franchise. I think The Toys That Made Us was your first show, and that led to all these other great things that you've done. I have to say that your lead editor, and I'm kind of a geek, so I pay attention to this stuff, Ben Frost, he's fantastic, isn't he? Because that's a big portion of what happens there. I consider, uh, and I, we met on Toys That Made Us, so I mean, I, I have had the, the absolute lucky blessing that you know it's not like i met ben on our third show like literally day one of post-production uh, and you're absolutely correct toys that made us was the beginning of a major shift for my company uh ben, i met him completely randomly i didn't hire him somebody else hired him and it it he, he's one of the most important people i've met in my entire career and i it's so funny Every now and then at the end of an interview, somebody says to me, hey, is there anything you wish I had asked and I didn't ask? And I always say, yes, uh, I just want to make sure everybody knows I speak on behalf of a pretty big team, and it's not just me making these shows. So I am very grateful that you actually brought that up, um, because you're absolutely right. To say that Ben Frost was a game changer for what we have done and what we are doing uh, would be a staggering understatement. Um, I loved your treatment of The Simpsons on this very same show, Icons Unearthed, which that show was very complicated to get off the ground, was it not? Well, it was extremely complicated to get off the ground, so you're absolutely right. The interesting thing about The Simpsons, which it has in common with Star Wars and it has in common with Fast and Furious, the reason for it existing it wasn't that somebody at the studio or the network was jumping up and down saying, we got to do The Simpsons. This is going to be a huge hit. Right. No, they were negotiating with James L. Brooks to do four more movies. And they basically, James L. Brooks was like, eh, you know, if you greenlight this cartoon, I'll agree to make the movies with you and not go to Warner Brothers. Nice. And that's what happened. That and 40 years later, 37 years later, whatever, they're still making The Simpsons. I can't blame them for not wanting to do it in the beginning. I mean, people go back and look at the first season. It was a, it, you talk about totally, <laughs> totally, it really odd looking and the voices were a, a lot different. Brian Volk Weiss's latest icons unearthed fast and furious it's mondays on vice tv brian always so much fun to talk to you buddy same thank you for having me bye i always learn a lot about the series and films that brian and his team dissect and i love their tongue-in-cheek intelligent way of presenting it remember icons unearthed on vice tv that finishes off this episode of the fake show podcast 
I'm Jim Tofty. Thanks for stopping by. I'll see you next time. Listen to The Fake Show anywhere on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, and thefakeshow.com. <laughs>